I get a mailing uh, that sent, and it's called the Daily Tejania, and it is uh, their quotes from uh, Sadao Tejania, who's a Burmese monk, who's very, um, who's very wise, and does a, he's done a lot of teaching in the United States, and a lot of uh, U.S. teachers have sat with him, and he's really all about awareness and bare awareness, and so this week I got a couple of them, and they I really like them. And I, in fact, I brought them into the instructions for morning meditation. I thought they're really helpful. And first one says, for wisdom to grow, the mind needs to see the bigger picture. It must learn how to relate to all objects and how to let them go. And by all objects, it means thoughts of the mind, sensations of the body, and perceptions of the world. So basically everything. And then the next one um, said, the meditating mind stays with the awareness, not the experience. And I was, I was pointing to that in the instructions this evening, to stay with the awareness of the experience and so that's where the mind is not getting caught up in the experience and as I was reflecting on that this week I thought about Bhikkhu Analio and because um, I know he's touched on these things and I really appreciate him as a teacher he is a he's a monk a, a Theravadan monk and he is quite um, quite wise intelligent he has written many 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 books and he has translated the suttas from Chinese and from Pali, and um, he he is a very deep thinker. And I took a I sat a few retreats with him over the last couple of years, and the last retreat was on compassion or the heart practices and emptiness. And Analio teaches early Buddhism, which is the what they what the earliest texts offered as far as the Buddhist teachings are, the Pali Canon. Because the teachings of the Buddha, um, when it spread throughout the world, they, t they changed and texts were added. There were other suttas that were, that were added later and it kind of um, adapted to different countries and kind of melded with traditions that were already in place. And so there's a little bit of variance. And, um, the emphasis is on different things in different traditions. And so he focuses mainly on early Buddhism, and I really resonate with that, which is also another reason why I, uh, I uh, find him such a helpful teacher. And I don't presume to have uh, an iota of the wisdom that uh, Bhante Bikunalio has around this, but I do want to share what I have gleaned from him around this emptiness and awareness and how we can, as always, how it makes sense in our daily lives and how we can utilize it for our benefit. And um, in one of the suttas, the Buddha said, do not think of the past and do not long for the future. Matters of the past have already ceased and the future has not yet come. In the present moment, one should attend with mindfulness to the lack of stability of whatever phenomena there are. The wise awaken in this way. 
And the phenomena are those objects of mind, the experiences. We, with mindfulness, we awaken to the lack of stability, this, the ephemeral quality of these experiences that come through our minds and um, the, what are the thoughts of the mind, sensations of the body, and perceptions of the world. So this is how the wise awaken. And it's this invitation to recognize the impermanence of these phenomena that lead to freedom. And it it's also goes on to say that clearing the mind, secluding the mind, letting go is resting in awareness. It's resting in the awareness of these phenomena that come and they go and they change. And what normally happens is that we get caught up in them. Um, we get caught up in the story as, as, you know, you get caught up in the sound, you get caught up in the smell. It takes you, you know, a million miles away. There's another sutta, a very famous sutta, the Bahia Sutta, along with other suttas that point to this, say, let go of, you know, letting be of mental phenomena, you know, just let go. Let sound be sound without trying to identify what it is. Let thought be thought without diving into thinking about and figuring out. Let things just be. And that is so challenging because we're conditioned beings. We're used to reacting, and these things feel so personal, especially thoughts and emotions and memories of, you know, what that person said or what might happen. Um, it happens all the time. You know, I, was, I had a, a couple of phone calls today that I'm just, like, replaying and replaying and replaying. Family stuff is always fun. Um, and, uh, and just, like, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. The... the the instinct, the conditioning is to, to move into the future and move into the past and figure stuff out. At least that's my, is, mine is to figure it out, figure it out. Because if something is uncomfortable, I think figuring out will mitigate that discomfort. And instead, just to be. And then when you can just be, you notice that, that things shift and things change and that you don't have to become involved with everything. So that's the challenge of the practice, is to be with, you know. We, and we construct our um, experience. We all, I mean, you've seen it time and time again. There can be however many of us witnessing the same thing and having that. If there's 100 people watching a particular thing, there can be 100 different experiences of it, depending on our background and our conditioning. In fact, I saw uh, a clip of um, Key and Peele, uh, the, a, a clip from one of their shows. They were on, I think they were on Comedy Central, Jordan Peele, and I can never remember Key's name. Um, but they were texting each other, and um, one of them was taking the text. He was reading the text, and he was getting all pissed off, and he was just so angry, and he'd like, oh, yeah, and he texts something back in anger, and the, the guy on the other end was like, oh, that's nice, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, and so they're, they're, they're words, and they're both experiencing the same words 180 degrees opposite each other, and that happens all the time, because we have created reality based on our experience. It's a construct. 
that we have made based on where we come from, the stories we believe, our experiences. And it's limited information, and we react from that. And, and awareness, emptiness, invites us to step out of that construction, let go of that construction, which is ephemeral. It can change tomorrow based on another piece of information. You know, but we have made it rigid and solid and stiff, and this happened, and this means this. And so if we are, can be willing to take a step back from that rigidity, it offers some space for being in the world. Because when we're tied into this stuff, this rigidity, there's not a lot of space. There's a lot of tension. If you just do that to your body right now, you know, just take an in-breath and tighten up, there's no space for anything. But if you let go and exhale and make space and release your arms and open your chest wide, there's ah, so much more space. You know, and there is so much harm that is caused because of this rigidity, this solidification of perceptions, of experience, of ideas, and we see it today. It's 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 happening all over the place. Um, you know, this is right and this is wrong, and you're right and they're wrong, and blah 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 blah. Bad, good. And we see it in all the, the, the insanity that's happening around book bannings and the latest thing this week and, you know, the, the governor of Florida saying, or the school board in Florida saying that, yeah, the enslaved people benefited from being enslaved. They learned skills that could serve them well. And that's just insanity. But they, they're so tied to a rigid idea of, not allowing something to happen or not allowing a per the, the actual truth of our history to be taught that they need to create something else and hang on to that. So we solidify these, these ideas. We codify the minute aspect, aspects of experience and make them solid and unbreakable. You know, it's like this person is good, that person is bad, and then all the harm that's caused because of that. And, you know, and, and this has been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, probably as long as human beings have walked the earth. I, I think back on, um, I, you know, I studied Mesopotamian archaeology and, and the Code of Hammurabi, and, and that's, you know, one of the original sets of laws. And it's like, well, if this happens, then we'll do this. And it's like, well, that happened, so now they have to create a punishment for it. And so now it's codified and it's, you know, it's in writing. And so that's what happens. Something happens, we have to make sure it never happens again or it always happens this way. So there's this rigidity that allows no space for any reality of the moment. Because this is a, 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 rigid, a codification that's based on something that happened before. And how can we be present, you know? We want to make what's impermanent permanent. That's what this, this, this solidifying of stuff does, this, this rigidity. It's like it's permanent, but it can't be because everything's impermanent. Everything changes. We want to stop the flow. We want to disregard causes and conditions simply to enact rules and regulations. You know, it, it, 
people do it because it makes them feel safer. They think that if you do this, you can predict the future and to be 100% safe from unpleasant and uncomfortable. But to do that, we end up demonizing others and perhaps causing harm to others by taking care of I, me, and mine. So to be willing to let go of this rigid belief system that we might have is so important. And when we can step away from that, and when we can create some space, what we do is we take away the footing for the defilements, and the defilements are greed and hatred and ignorance, delusion, you know? Instead, we see the causes and conditions of things rather than solidified entities and experiences. And we see that, oh, because of this, this happened. Because of that, that happened. And so there's much more of an ebb and a flow to experience rather than a forcing things to meet certain ideals and criteria. Yeah, taking away the, the ground for greed, hatred, and ignorance is so important because that's where, so, that's where the harm comes from, this greed, this wanting things to be a certain way, wanting pleasant and not wanting unpleasant, and then hating things that don't ma match our criteria, othering, so painful, so much harm, so much violence. Just look out the door today, unfortunately, but, you know, it's been going on, and we work to unseat that in our practice and seated and unseated in ourselves so we can unseat it in in how we walk through the world and hopefully work for work for a better world the word um cognizing is used a lot uh, in translations of the suttas and it simply means to perceive to know or become aware of and bare awareness, this awareness that we're talking about, this just awareness of the experiences happening without grasping onto it, this bare awareness is cognizing without making it into anything, just letting things be. And, and you can see that. I mean, I often use the example of sound. Let sound be sound. Our ears or our mind, once there's a sound, Oftentimes, it just reaches out and wants to identify it. What is that? So even with something as simple as sound, just let sound be sound. You know? It's, you know, if I, if I hit the bell, it's like, oh, what does that mean? Does that mean class is over? Does that mean meditation's over? Does that mean we're starting? What does that mean? You know, we try and attribute a meaning. Oftentimes, things do mean something, but to practice just letting things be is really helpful. Letting, letting sight be sight. Letting thoughts be thoughts. I think that's the most important one because that's what takes us in a thousand different directions. Letting a thought just be a thought. Have you ever had the experience where, um, you know, you used to believe something about yourself? Like I, I used to believe that, um, that I was no, let's say I was, no good at something or somebody yeah my mother used to tell me I was uncoordinated so for a long time I believed I was uncoordinated until I realized I wasn't uncoordinated reality um actually won out over conditioning and but that phrase 
you're so uncoordinated. Like if I bump into a wall or something, the, the phrase you're so uncoordinated can float through my mind. It's a reaction to an experience. It's a reaction to the body coming up against a solid object. In the past, it would be like, oh, I'm so uncoordinated. Oh, I got to pay more attention or whatever the, the voices in the mind start berating yourself for. And you can do this with, I recognize this, I'm sure, in a million different places. But instead, that thought now can still arise because the conditions are still there, the causes are still there, but there's no longer any stickiness to the thought. You're so uncoordinated, I can just allow it to pass. Huh, look at that, that's just still popping up. Wow, okay. Knowing it's not true, knowing it is not anywhere close to reality, there's a freedom there when there's a spaciousness there. When you can just let that stuff go. That's awareness without reactivity. That's awareness without becoming involved. You know, and when we examine these experiences, we see there's nothing there. There's a, um, from this book by Bhikkhu Analio called Compassion and Emptiness in Early Buddhist Meditation, he, he quotes a sutta, and it says, in the same way one carefully examines, attends to, and analyzes whatever formations, past, future, or present, internal or external, gross or subtle, sublime or repugnant, far or near, when carefully examining, attending to, and so on, one finds that there's nothing in them, nothing stable, substantial, there's no solidity, um, they are impermanent, dukkha, empty, and not self because there's nothing solid or substantial in formations. It's just as if a master magician or um, created an illusion of an elephant or a horse or a chariot on the road, and which a wise and clear-sighted person examined and saw that there was nothing there. It's just an illusion. One caref In the same way, one carefully examines and attends to and analyzes whatever consciousness past or future, present, internal, etc. And see that there, it's just a thought. It's just a sound. There's nothing substantial there. There's a reactivity based on our causes and conditions. But the practice is, can we let go of that reactivity? Can we let go of that? To just let things be. You know? But we still get stuck. Even folks who practice, I've been practicing for a while, and they still get stuck. And so the, the, um, something that's helpful is to recognize where we might get stuck. And um, they talk about the aggregates, the five aggregates, which are mentioned in the, uh, they're mentioned many places, but they're mentioned in the um, fourth foundation of mindfulness and along with um, Four Noble Truths and the hindrances and the factors of awakening. And the aggregates are problematic in that they kind of form a basis of clinging, you know? And if there's clinging, which aggregate are you, are you um, sticking to? There's form, which is everything in the physical world, you know, bodies, things that we see, material form. So there's, you know, are we stuck on that? 
feeling tones, Vedana, that's whether things are pleasant or are unpleasant. That we talk about a lot. Is this experience pleasant or unpleasant? Because the tendency is to cling to the pleasant and push away the unpleasant. Perception, which is where we marry our ideas to the things we experience. You know, there's a sound. Oh, I think that's a police siren. Or I think that's Chuck Berry's hit, you know, Roll Over Beethoven, because I heard three notes of it and immediately grasp onto it and create a story about it, which may or may not be true. So sometimes we get stuck on that. Mental formations are huge. Those are the narratives, emotions, concepts, and choices that are such a large part of how we interact with the world. And we have choices around that, so we have to recognize that. So mental formations, that's the, the where our mind goes about what we're thinking. What we're, You know, it's like that conversation, that, tech, that, that um, clip I saw where the two guys are texting each other, and they're in totally different worlds. Their mental formations are so different. And then consciousness is the last of the aggregates, which is this being aware of sensory experiences as they happen. So, and you have, consciousness is not this standalone thing that we're working to uncover, at least in early Buddhist teachings. Consciousness is always, there's a consciousness because of something. There's some kind of input or contact, and then you become conscious of it. So it's not my consciousness, it's there's a consciousness because this happened. That, as I said, that's, that's early Buddhist teachings. Um, so to recognize if, if there's something, if, there's, if you're clinging, what are you clinging to? Uh, um, Analio mentions another five things, which are similar to the um, uh, aggregates. He calls them the five friends. Um, there's the feeling tone, the perception, um, and the contact, and the attention. What do we choose to pay attention to? They're basically the same thing, because if we're not paying attention... We can get lost in this proliferation of thought. One thought leads to the next thought. I know you've done that. I've done it. It's like, how did I get here? And you try and follow your way back to the... Now, especially when you're talking to someone, it's like, what were we talking about? How did we get to this place? What was I trying to say? It's because the mind just, like, one thing leads to another. Because of this, because of this, all these causes and conditions. And when we're not paying attention, we act from this stuff which may not be wise and skillful and so bare awareness is when we don't get carried away by these experiences where where there's no sense of self there's no i me or my there's simply oh look at this oh this is a this is arising because of that this story is arising because of that thing that happened then. But we can just see it for causes and conditions and let go of the I and the me and the mind. Everything's in the mind and just let it be. And emptiness is a mind that's free of greed and free of hatred and aversion, free of ignorance. It's just this mind of awareness, this bare awareness. And that is the key for nirvana or nibbana, which is letting go. 
Nirvana is not a place that we get to. It's not do all these things and then you'll get to Nirvana. It's a cessation of clinging. And I know you've all experienced this momentarily when you're just sitting being without any attachment to anything. It's a place of ease. Recognizing that is important. You know, and letting go of this wanting to make things about me. It's just like right now it's just this. Right now it's like this. And I have a, a quote from Bhikkhu Nalio, and he said, there is no time or situation where it is not possible to diminish the burden of ego. We don't have to make it all about me. We put down the stick of self. I was in a, in a class a couple of weeks ago with Sister um, Clear Grace Dayananda, and they said, put down the stick of self, which I have found to be so helpful. In fact, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago in a Dharma talk, where it's, we're making everything about me and mine. And if I can just let things be, without putting myself at the center of attention, attention. There's a freedom. There's a, there's a release of suffering. There's a cessation of suffering because there's no attachment. It's, it takes practice. It's not easy. If it were easy, we'd all be enlightened. We'd all be like, la di da di da di But I'm not there. I still suffer. I still pick up that stick of self and hit myself over the head with it. But having that, oh, Mary, put down the stick of self, even just having that phrase as a mantra and go, where is, where, where's this, where, where's it stuck? Where am I stuck in this? What's the story? You know, what's that, that, that solidified idea? I'm not going to be okay. It's not going to work out. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. What the question is, what's happening right now? Right now, it's like this. You know? And it's not somebody was, I was talking about this the other day, and somebody was saying that he used to think this idea was like nihilism, that it's like, eh, it doesn't matter. And it's like, no, that's not what this is talking about. It's like just being present, being right here, being with this moment, with bare awareness, without needing to react. So this is, this is um, one of the most powerful uh, insights of early Buddhism, this emptiness of self. You just, when I don't have to lug me around with me, it's so much nicer. So I invite you to investigate this for yourself. Um, I hope this has been of some benefit. And don't believe it just because I say it. Try for yourself, letting go putting down that stick and see if it's uh, see if it leads away from suffering see if it leads um, see if it feels beneficial helpful and um, thank you so much so much so much for your kind attention thank you for visiting undefended dharma these teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.